Blog Talk Radio. I was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met Diamond Dallas Page. Started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP Yoga. It's Nacho Mama's Yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter! took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP Yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits, it was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around, it's, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP Yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP. Radio. Well, 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 hello my friends and welcome to a brand new episode of DDP Radio Live right here at ddpradio.com and uh, wow, it is a chilly one where I am currently in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, but Crystal, I'm pretty sure that you guys are completely frozen over up there, so it's uh, it's a cold one tonight, but we're going to try to warm you up with some fun, some good conversation, and uh, some awesome topics, including a show that we are making up from uh, a few weeks back. Um, So we'll get into that in just a few seconds, but we are so glad to have back on the show. Of course, uh, you know her from uh, uh, so many episodes she's done over here, and we're so gracious to have her uh, a part of the team here. Uh, NancyGuberti.com and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. She's a social butterfly. You can find her everywhere where uh, there's good conversation <laughs> about healthy and uh, clean eating. Uh, without any further ado, the one, the only, Nancy Guberte. Hello. Happy Hi, New Year. Happy New Year. Hello. Happy New Year. Hello. Happy New Year. Oh. Well, I am wonderful and uh just, I think she just popped on the line here, so I'm just going to intro everybody at once and get this show on the road. Um, so uh, you know her as the once and always co-host of uh, DDP Radio here. She's been around uh, for so long and is such a great resource to this community. Uh, Clean Comfort, uh, still to this day, my go-to uh, baking cookbook and uh, everything she does uh, for everyone around here as well. The one, the only, the legendary Stacey Morris. How are you? Oh, my. Well, thank you, Mike <laughs> and Crystal. Thanks for having us back again. And it's always great to be here, and it's especially great to start the New Year off with you. Absolutely. Oh, well... I apologize. Uh, last uh, time we tried to get on the hold, Blog Talk Radio was completely down and stayed down for about two weeks. So uh, we are back up and running. But, uh, Stacy, just to clarify real quick, you told me that you were FedExing me a piece of cake because uh, something happened <laughs> earlier this week that we need to celebrate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. On, on January 12th, Nancy had a birthday. So oh, yeah. I always say celebrate all month, you know? It's not too late. So happy birthday, Nancy. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yes, yes, yes. So sweet. Absolutely. <laughs> well, happy birthday. We appreciate you uh, spending. I hope it was a great one. And uh, um, usually around this time, I like to pass the conversation off to Stacy and Nancy because uh, they are so great at, at digging into these topics and, and come prepared with some great things to talk about. So, uh, Stacy, if you want to uh, start us off, and we'll we'll get into it, and we'll just get the show on the road. Okay. Well, let's hit it then. And, you know, it is the new year, and it's the perfect time to talk about resolutions. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Nancy and I agreed. We were talking before the show, and, uh, you know, I think everybody at this point is just kind of, they glaze over when they even think about the idea of resolutions because, well, I always wondered what bugged me about it so much. And I, I read a meme that was making the rounds, you know, like the first week of, of the month. And it said something like, you know, before you hand yourself a to-do list or a resolution list, why don't you stop and thank yourself for everything you endured the year before, for everything you accomplished, for everything you lived through, for, you know, for all the, the things that you showed up for. And I thought, wow, I never looked at it that way at the beginning of the year. I was always looking at, well, you need to do this. You need to change that. And it, even though there's, you know, the underlying goal is let's make some positive changes, there was always this sort of punitive um, you know, air, and I and I think that's why I know for myself that's why I would I'd be gung ho for two days, and then I would just sort of gradually distance myself because it was also overwhelming. So Nancy and I both agreed. You know, let's talk about how we don't have to do resolutions, and you know, for, for myself, I I just believe at this right age, you know. I'm in my sixth decade now, and I want to just make changes that feel not only doable, I mean, because that's essential, but but that feel they're going to impact me in a real meaningful way, you know. So I don't need a whole list. Um, I, I usually try to tackle one or two things at a time. And I, I work with Nancy one-on-one, two of her membership programs, and I've been doing this for a couple of years. So Nancy, you know all about some of the things that I've, I've been working toward and mm-hmm. there's been a lot of stops and starts and that's just how it is. Um, but I really, because Nancy's been so patient with me, she doesn't judge and, you know, she encourages and, and she also outlines, like, well, how can we get at the resistance, you know? What are some practical practical ways to really face this and not run away from it. I'm really happy to say that after probably years of trying to work on my sleep patterns and getting a good space with sleep, I'm finally doing it. You know, and it's Nancy's right. She's right on the money. When you get good sleep and you go to bed at a good hour, it affects your whole entire life. You know, just that the quality of it, emotionally, physically, um, spiritually. So I'm, I'm really in a nice groove. It took a while to get there. 
it, it took a lot more than just making a few, you know, notations in my head in January. So that's the reality of it. Uh, and I'm, I just wanted to sort of use that as a starting point and have Nancy share her expertise because we deal with clients, you know, all over the world. And I'm sure at this time of year, they probably go into overdrive, don't they, to, to make changes? Mm-hmm. See, see yeah, before so, we get any further, you're really almost inaudible. So I just wanted to tell you right away, there's a really bad echo. Is anyone else having that with Stacy? Yep. Oh, gee. Uh, so I, I didn't. I didn't. Want, you had good stuff to say, so I didn't want to like uh, let <laughs> that go too long. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you, Nancy. Did you catch oh, but, anything um, what I was saying? I mean, I heard you all. I heard you. I oh. think it's just um, there is not an echo, but it's just uh, some back. Some. I don't know what. How would you describe it, Mike? Yeah, it's I was able like to some muffled. Hear it's her. a muffled. Yeah, right. I was able to hear everything she said. Did, okay. Did you cool. get? I just her? want to make sure everything was coming through. But um. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Nancy, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just wanted to, to no, see if no. we can fix that before. So uh, I'll hand it okay. off to you. <laughs> Sorry about that. I mean, and and Stacy brings up two major things that I think we should address is one, like resolutions, you know, so New Year's resolutions, a lot of people make them and by February, they already forgot them. And so that sets, and I like how Stacy explained that, that basically sets a person up for failure. So instead, I like the part where you look back, I at the past year and see, you know, what you went through, what challenges and how you reacted and how you were um, successful in getting through it. Like, I think we should always put a spin of positivity on everything we do. That's one thing. Um, Being mindful, I think, is so much more important than setting resolutions. And that's what Stacey has done with her sleep. So I think that if if someone can think about going into this 2024 saying, how can I be more mindful of myself? What works for me? What triggers me? What gets, how do I get in my way of even doing what I want to do, both personally, professionally, health-wise? You know, look at everything your life consists of, every component and then if you want to improve your health or your exercise or your food intake or weight management, then you can be mindful of each factor, those components. And, you know, looking at lifestyle factors like sleep. So sleep is really important because it can affect your cholesterol. It can Um, sabotage your weight management, it can weaken your immune system if you don't, if you have a lack of quality sleep. And I always say you want to go to bed the same day you wake up. So if you wake up at 6 a.m. or if you wake up at noon, you want to go to bed before midnight. The goal is to get to bed an hour before. So you want to wake up and sleep in that same day. Otherwise, you throw off your body's pattern because now you've extended into two days. So anyone with adrenal issues, 
um, or cortisol issues or hormone issues will find themselves getting revved up perhaps in the evening or just feel like, oh, I didn't accomplish what I needed to do, so let me get it done now. And Or I want to go on social media or I want to watch TV, and now they're exciting their um, whole central nervous system and their brain, and they can't relax. So if you're in that pattern, it's either your adrenals or your hormones or it's behavioral, so you're into this pattern. So I would look at being as mindful as possible and getting to understand all the factors of your life. And when it comes to, I think that, instead of intentions, like, like we all need a GPS, right? So we want to know where we're going. I, again, go back to mindfulness. Go back to sitting to yourself. As opposed to letting the day own you, you own the day. So you drive the day. You drive what's going to, you want to accomplish that day. Now you can look at it a step further and say, well, does someone control my life or am I controlling my own? And again, it's being mindful as opposed to just letting it happen. So if you have a goal or you want to accomplish something, the most important thing is finding out why do you want to do it. So we always call it what's your why behind doing something. If you say, oh, I want to be healthy because, you know, I have grandkids I want to see or I want to run a marathon or whatever it is. That sounds pretty crazy, but <laughs> it's just uh, my son runs a ton of marathons. I'm still trying to understand that mindset. But whatever it is, find out what your why is, and it goes back to your mindfulness. And I will say this. If you have health conditions, remember that every emotion, every feeling you have in your mind affects your body. So I'm going to give these examples. Anger weakens your liver. Grief weakens your lungs. Worry weakens your stomach and spleen. Stress weakens your heart and your brain. Fear weakens your kidneys. Anxiety weakens your heart and lungs. And sadness weakens your lungs, liver, and heart. So keep all of this in mind as you go into this new year and really take charge of your life. Wow. Well, I, that list is crazy. It, it's so weird yeah. that we don't think about that as often, uh, how, how much our, our mentality and our, our, our emotions are literally dangerous, bad for your health. You, you think of it as, as a burden on your shoulder, but you don't actually think about it actually affecting your, your organs and your, your actual you know, health. Right. So like if you have kidney stones or if you have high cholesterol or if you have heart palpitations, You have to, again, go back. If this could be the year of mindfulness, go back to being mindful. Go back to journaling. I I mean, I find journaling to be, I I always recommend it because so many things happen in the day. And 
when it comes to health or someone, even if someone has um, SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, I will say, journal. I need to know what not only you eat and what supplements you're taking, but what triggered this? What stress do you dealing with? How's your sleep? What's going on in your life? What's going on with your relationships? Are you getting married, divorced? Um, are you buying a home? Because this can affect your stomach, and this can lead to exasperating SIBO. You know, we have to look at everything. So mindfulness. And I'll take it a step further where there is a whole science of vibrational frequency with quantum physics. So if I keep it as simple as possible, because quantum physics get really intense. But, you know, how Einstein said we're made of energy, E equals MC squared, right? So you have to look at seven things that affect your energy and it is proven with the view of quantum physics. So this is not like woo-woo. So the first is your thoughts. So every thought emits a frequency, right? So we know that thoughts affect organs, right? So negative thoughts, discouragement, sadness, that comes back to you. That's why it's super important to take care of the quality of your thoughts and cultivate more positive thoughts, especially if you want to be healthier, especially if you're dealing with chronic disease. The second is the company you keep. You know, I, I, there's a statement that says we are the average of the five people we associate with. It's really important. So the people around you directly influence your vibration frequency, and I'd love for Stacy even to mention about that um, because it's really super important to get rid of negativity, get rid of people who complain, mm. gossip, or just bad for you because it's the law of attraction. The third is the music. I mean, there was um, a, a quote that said, show me the quality of society's music and I will be able to tell where that society is going. Music is very powerful because now it's in your mind, your neurons. Is it, you know, one of these rapper things that say they want to kill people or is it something positive and uplifting? Because pay attention to the lyrics that you listen to. The fourth is things you look at, the movies, what you see on social media, you know, negative events are going to take you down where positive takes you to a higher frequency. The fifth is the atmosphere, like is it at home or at work? Is it unorganized? Is it dirty? Is it messy? Um, is there clutter? The sixth is the word, so what you say. And I'm always curious to what does a person say after Two words, I am. If you say something powerful about yourself, if I am, I am, I am strong, I am healthy, I am confident, or do you go to something negative? And the last, the seventh, is gratitude. Because gratitude, every day if we say, what am I grateful for? And I like, you know, even looking at Stacey said to the past year, can I be grateful for that year? Um, what am I grateful for on a daily basis and say thanks for? Because that also puts you in a different frame of mind. And the whole thing is mindfulness, 
letting positivity in. And then you're not going to put garbage in your body if you're mindful of what does this food do for you. So I think we need to shift our um, approach to weight management and goal setting. Like that's not it. It's like what do we want for us and knowing that we're important to accomplish everything. And I'd love for Stacey to share her wisdom about these things uh-huh. as well. Can, am I am I audible now? Yeah. Oh, you're yes. Oh, yes, guys. Much everyone? better. Much better. Okay. Oh, good. I cha- I went into a different room, so I think that made Perfect. a difference. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So I I don't know if it came out in the, my first um, my first segment, but I I work consistently with Nancy through her membership program. So we've been working on stuff for a while now, for a couple of years. And um, last year was a real year of reckoning for me in terms of how I approached my personal relationships. And I, I just came to some conclusions that there were just things and situations I couldn't tolerate anymore. So I did some you know, actual house cleaning with removing people from my my life, from my energy field. And the people that I couldn't remove, I I set up some new boundaries. And that made made a huge difference in and it's it Nancy's right, it's so much more effective than just taking the you know, the the physical element and trying to force them into change, you know, like weight or counting sugar grams or whatever. I mean, that that has a benefit to an extent, but you know, if your if your relationships are literally inflaming your life, you know, what what good is is all the nutrition in the world gonna be? So and I really I, I really stuck with it. It was a difficult year and now I feel like some of that is, is starting to bear some fruit in terms of peace in my life because I wasn't easy and I, I went through, um, you know, feelings of guilt and sadness and things like that, but I had to do it. Like I just was, you know, you know when you're at the point where you, you just can't, can't do something anymore. Um, so that I found very effective was to finally face some things about some of my, my interpersonal relationships um, and environment is so key. Um, I highly recommend looking into the works of Marie Kondo. She's an, she's an organizer um, about, you know, declut- not just decluttering, but decluttering your mind. Uh, she has a Netflix series. She has a book. But fascinating um, to start with, just start with like a few drawers. I mean, don't, don't overwhelm yourself. But your environment reflects who, who we are. So I've been working on that, like letting letting go of physical objects and questioning why am I holding on to things that I'm never going to use or will never read again or whatever. So it's really about, it's very much an interior process, some of this um, health and healing. And that's where I am. And I, I don't know if anyone heard I know Nancy heard it, but I've really been working on my sleep. And a lot of, lot of stumbling. Um, I used to stay up till like one or two, and I would 
kind of, you know, like around 9 o'clock, start to panic and think, what, what do I need to finish today? And, or what do I, I need time for myself. I need to go on social media. And as Nancy pointed out, that just kind of revs you up, you know. It stimulates you and gets all these emotions going. Um, I don't really know. I, I didn't force myself into this, but I think I just got tired of, of a way of life that wasn't working. You know, I'd, I'd wake up at like 9 or 10. The sun would already be up. I was already, I mean, you start the day that way, completely out of sync with nature. And we're really meant to follow the sun, you know. And um, now when I, when the sun goes down, I can feel myself naturally getting more tired and slowing down. And it's such, it, it might sound so simple and rudimentary, but I've never lived this way. And it's just, it's a nice, safe, natural feeling to kind of follow these, these patterns that were biologically programmed to, to follow. Um, so th- that's been very, very helpful is, is to just put away some of these rules and other people's rules and really, really figure out what's important to me. So, and Nancy's been a great help with that. I think that's a really important. I think that's a really important thing that you just mentioned, Stacey, is that you have to give yourself grace in order to deal with your life. And I know that I personally am guilty of. I'll deal with it later. That is so mm-hmm. a me thing. I don't have time to deal with this. I can't deal with this, or I'm not well equipped or whatever the case may be. This past year has been the Mount Olympus of grief um, in our family. And it, um, it's been hard. And I find myself, even within that grief, trying to force myself into a different space. It doesn't work that way. Um, Right, you, I need to deal with this. And maybe this is the universe's way of saying to me, enough, enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to deal with this. And I mean, I, I think this is a really important conversation. It is. Relationships are everything. They can, they can make us yeah. or break us. You know, they can nourish us or they can diminish us. Absolutely. Yeah, they say like the the steps to deal with um, grief is acknowledge the pain, accept that grief can trigger many unexpected emotions, um, understand your grieving process is unique to yourself, and seek out support if you need help. I mean, um, and then support yourself emotionally by taking care of yourself physically. So I. You know, yeah. I did this whole mind-body integration course for um, a school. I taught other practitioners this because when they're dealing, and they were naturopaths, when they're dealing with their patients, they have to understand that you can't look at a person just physically or just mentally. You know, the mind and the body are connected and our thoughts like I mentioned before the emotions can weaken 
organs in the body. So we have to, while you're going through this crystal, this whole grief and dealing with it, you have to make sure you're, yeah, you have to make sure you're nourishing your body. And I would Mm -hmm. recommend the EMDR if you find um, any practitioners that offer that. Um, Stacey, if you you want to mention about that as well, um, because that might be helpful for you, Crystal. Thank you. Yeah, I'll definitely, I made a note. Yeah, I would, that's that's a great point, Nancy. Uh, EMDR has helped me a great deal because from some of the stuff, some of my wounding, you know, from the past, talk therapy only goes so far. And this is, um, it has to do with programming the brain and eye movements, a completely different modality. And um, so I would recommend people that if that calls to you, definitely look into it. Thank you. Uh, Stacy, how, uh, how have you, no, I was just asking, uh, how did you find things have changed, you know, since you got your sleep patterns more under control or you've been working on it? Uh, well, for starters, the, the, the mornings are just so much better. Like I, I don't wake up uh, with regret. Like I've just, you know, and I'm not hungover from going to sleep past midnight. Uh, it's so therapeutic. I've, I've read this. I've, I've heard it said a number of times how beneficial it is to wake up while it's still dark and watch the day gradually get, get lighter and lighter. And there's something about that early morning light that it's, and also the sunset, it's just a real placid, uh, beautiful shade of the sun. And, and there, there's just something about it. You can't get that back. It doesn't happen at any other part of the day. And to to be witness to that is it's indescribable, you know, the benefits. Um, just to be there as it, you know, awake, alert, and and. Just soak it in. It's so beneficial. Uh, and I find I get more done. Um, and I, I am in this natural rhythm. So when the sun sets, which is very early this time of year, I just start to slow down. I don't, I'm no longer seized with that, oh, my God, I've got to finish this list or whatever. I just table it. I do what I can during the day. I usually get more done so there's no 9 p.m. list anymore and everything's just so much more orderly that that's about the best way to describe it and i sleep better i just have better sleep i sleep more deeply yeah i think when you don't get the quality um sleep you also like you wake up and you feel like you're already behind the eight ball where we know scientifically that sleep is um if you don't have the proper sleep, it is linked to depressive thoughts, anxiety, cognitive decline, focus, um, difficulty focusing. You can stress more, worry more. You have that feeling of fatigue. Uh, so it really is imperative that we sleep. And I, I must say a lot of people have um, unhealthy sleep patterns you know, and they then get into this 
rhythm and behavior. I would also say a lot of people are also dehydrated. They don't drink enough water. So, again, this is where if you're all mindful about it, um, you could also look at it like, if we didn't have electricity, we'd have to get up when the sun got up, and we'd have oh, yeah. to then wind down. So sometimes, you know, the few times that, knock on wood, that we lose electricity, you know, it's, it's interesting how, yes, you're, you try to turn on the lights or whatever, you're so used to it, but then you're forced to follow the rhythm <laughs> that we really mm-hmm. were born to follow. Um, and the blue lights and the uh, computers are messing up all of that as well. So. I, I am I'm such a, a weird anomaly because I hate sleeping. I so I, I never nap. <laughs> I'm, I've never I can never nap. I sleep four hours a night like clockwork. I go to bed around like three, two, three, and then I'm up at, when my wife leaves at seven. If I get five hours sleep, I feel groggy. If I get three hours sleep, I feel groggy all day. Four hours is perfect for me, and I hate to sleep. And, and I feel like I don't get the normal – I couldn't even imagine getting a normal eight hours of sleep. I always tell Katie, my wife, that I have the sleep habits of like a, a meth addict because like – Four hours, I'm fine. Five hours, I'm a mess. And like, it's been like that since I worked. Like, I worked in like, doing late nights radio when I first started in the business when I was young, and I kind of developed those habits early. And I, I can't, I, I can't tell you how terrible I feel if I sleep five hours. You know, it would be interesting wow. to see your cortisol levels. So, you're, you know, if anyone does have, like, um, interesting sleep patterns like this, and if it's not behavioral, right, the other thing that throws you off are, is your cortisol pattern, right? And you, the only true way to test your pattern is by collecting your saliva four times throughout the day. So if you go to your doctor and they take a blood test, right, First of all, the whole idea about getting pricked with a needle raises your cortisol. So that's not good. And then secondly, they're only getting a snapshot one time, whatever time you're at the doctor's. So your cortisol is supposed to be the highest in the morning when you wake up. That's why you're waking up. And then it's supposed to taper down throughout the day. So like at noon, it tapers down. And then it goes lower at um, you check at dinner and then you check right before you go to bed it would be really interesting to see your cortisol patterns to see if you're high in you know the those hours right before you go to sleep and then does it taper down it may rev up so a it would be You'd find out your unique pattern. Everybody has their own pattern. There is never going to be two people that have the same pattern, and they also check your numbers. So that also goes into your hormones. Um, And, you know, I would definitely, for your own sake, check your saliva hormones with cortisol. And then you will figure out why you sleep like this. Because it may be yeah. a biomedical thing. 
would be yeah, really interesting. <laughs> It would, would be interesting. In a way, I don't want to. I love that I can survive like that. Like, for some reason, because there's never enough hours in the day to begin with. So it, I don't look at it as a negative, although it probably is taking 20 years off the end of my life. It's something oh, that God. I kind of pride myself on. I don't get tired until I put my head on the on the pillow. It's a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I know it would be here. interesting to check, like, your cortisol, your sugar levels. Does it, you know, your immune system, your white blood cells, your red blood cells, it, you know, but first I would start with the, maybe you're just a unique cortisol individual. I know. Maybe, maybe like that's. In, <laughs> sorry, Mike. In, in the fall, I mean, it gets dark here at like four o'clock in the afternoon. Like, I mean, it's black. And mm-hmm. that messes up every year. It messes up, you know, sleep schedules. And I mean, it's nothing to have the little one and I wandering around the house at like three o'clock in the morning because mm-hmm. it's yeah. weird. Yeah, but yeah, I, I find uh, you, you get used to it, though. I mean, I, at least I do. Like it, it's in a, it's kind of jarring at first, especially when there's the time change um, yeah. twice a year. But I, I gradually adapt and I just try to, um, you know, establish as much of a routine as I can, you know, and and just follow it because I, I feel so much better when I'm on it. And, and Nancy suggests, you know, like having some rituals at at bedtime, because you know sometimes you do have to be talked into it, you know. But give yourself cues like lower the lights, maybe put on some some soft music, uh, a candle, whatever can bring your senses sort of to a, a a more peaceful place. Because I find when I just drop into bed, it doesn't work. I need to gradually wind down. And then I'm more receptive to to sleep and to rest. I mean, there's been, on my part, there's been, you know, going to bed is part of the remedy for avoidance. You know, you're avoiding dealing with, you know, all the stuff that's going on. So you're just like, you know what, you can't bug me if I'm asleep. So, you know, there's that. But I, what I've learned <laughs> is that there's there's a pressure that you put on yourself because all of a sudden now it's like, okay, I don't want to deal with this, so I just want to go to sleep. Ugh. Like, sleep has become a huge mess around here. Hmm. Yeah, and, and so being mindful and knowing why someone does something, right? And then yeah. how can you break that pattern? Well, you know, sometimes it, it takes a lot of energy to avoid something all the time, right? That's why they say, get, yeah, get, you know, like they say, eat the ugliest frog in the morning. So nobody, and this is a Mark Twain thing. Nobody wants to eat a frog, right, especially alive. But basically, <laughs> it's that ugly frog is the thing you are avoiding the most. And if you avoid it all day, you have 
wasted a lot of mental and physical energy suppressing it, suppressing it. But it's always in the back of your mind. So maybe that's yeah. what sleep is, is avoidance. But it's almost like imagine how you'd be living if you just faced it and did something about it, whatever that is. Hmm. I, I can't imagine what it's like to be – a, like a young person nowadays, and, and I'm sure that the, the phones and everything has just decimated people's, you know, sleeping habits. When I was a kid, like, I used to keep my TV on at night sometimes, and the only option I had, to, the only signal I'd get was QVC. So I'd sit there and just watch QVC until I fell asleep. But if I had the whole world at my fingertips all the time, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of young kids especially are, are developing atrocious sleeping patterns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, and and also social media is also bad for their mental health <laughs> because you know it's just bad. It's bad because most of the people they're following are some influencer that their life looks perfect, but it's not, and it's just not good. It's not good, right, Stacey? We were like some of these influencers, like who were like parenting influencers, then were abusive to their kids. It's horrible. Yes. Yeah, such a surprise in, in a lot of cases. Um, it's I, almost like there's insincerity you know, on the Internet. Exactly. Right. I know. Hard to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I like to get, I do, I mean, I'm on social media, but I've, I've just become more disenchanted with it. I'm not as interested in it. It's not like I'm forcing myself away. But um, I'm also on school, and I love paper. You know, so sometimes I'll just curl up with a magazine or a book, you know, and that that in and of itself is very soothing, you know, just the pages and the tactile nature of it. There's no blue light, um, and it's just a nice way to unwind. And to me, there's just nothing as nourishing as silence, you know, or as silent as you can get in this culture. But um, a lot of people run from it because it makes them uncomfortable. But I think it's one of the greatest ways to just to find some inner peace. And even if it's five or ten minutes, it's so restorative. And we just don't get enough of it now as a species. I'm sure Nancy could speak to the benefits of that. You know, but we're not meant to always be assailed with stimulation, you know? Exactly. You you. Stacey, you just hit upon something so important, silence. (laughs) And, you know, when people, Mm -hmm. again, we go back to mindfulness, right? Meditation. Some people have a really hard time to meditate because meditation is a practice of mindfulness, focusing your mind on a thought, attention, awareness, to achieve mentally clear and emotionally calm states. Lots of people will say, I can't meditate. And you're like, you don't have to meditate for an hour. Like, start with five minutes. So it's like how many things are popping in your head because there is silence. And people aren't used to that because there's Alexa, there's radios, there's TVs, there's phones, there's so much noise. And again, if you get stuck in the noise, you don't know who you are or what you want to do or where you want to go. 
So it's really important, again, if we could make this year, 2024, be the year of mindfulness and practicing that. Even if you start the day with gratitude, like what am I happy for? First of all, you woke up, right? And five minutes of meditation, perhaps, focusing your mind, you know, just to bring in to your center. You know, I always say it's best to be even keeled. So go back to center. What are you about? What makes you happy and why? And some people will say, oh, what makes me happy is eating all this sugar and, you know, does that really make you happy? Or is that a behavior or is that because you've pushed everything that's painful away with it? So, again, if we come back to center and who you are, that's going to do you far better than us telling you, don't eat the sugar, don't eat the gluten, stay away from anything, you know, white foods, um, don't have alcohol, don't have this. How about your mindfulness? Why are you choosing that? Why do you want to be healthy? You know, why do you want to be in this relationship or out of this relationship? Again, like you drive your day and your life. And you can only do that if you know what you want. And that's being mindful. That's it's interesting. Great, great I think one of yeah. the most important lessons that I learned this year is that if I was to say no and mean it, that's been a huge thing, not going back on it after I say no, um, the world's not going to fall apart. So when you start to value yourself or that quiet time or the silence or the meditation or whatever, when you take the time to schedule that in with yourself, um, you start to crave it. Yeah, 100%. And just if we talk from a scientific standpoint, physically, what happens when you become more mindful and, you know, meditate, but just be more mindful? You could actually lower your blood pressure. So anyone with high blood pressure, this is something that would really help. It could improve your heart rate, your breathing, and your brain waves. So it's like there's nothing wrong with you gain all these positives on a physical aspect, but guess what? You're going to gain a lot on a mental mindset aspect as well. So I don't know if there's an exact correlation with meditation and emotions, but I'm finding as you, as I navigate, you know, through all this grief um, that when I take the time to meditate, I seem to be on a more even keel and I can you know, just kind of deal with it. I'm not forced to react to someone throwing a ball at me. I can catch the ball. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, and there are studies that demonstrate meditation helps modulate emotional responses to even negative stimuli. So it Hmm. helps train the individual to notice and observe emotions simply as they are, so as opposed to, you know, reacting 
in perhaps a negative way. So there is a benefit of meditation improving emotional processing. Huh. So you're right. You're mm. on. You're on to that. <laughs> That's uh, cognitively. Uh-huh. I mean, even when it comes down to decision making or anything, I feel like whenever I'm put on the spot, my brain gets so staticky. I've never been like that before. Someone will ask me a question, and I feel like I've got four different people giving me four different answers in my head, and I feel like that. I, I really do need just the more quiet, more silence in my life because. The overstimulation is just, it's making things crowded, thing in my thoughts, in my mind, and it, it was never a problem that I had before. Now, mm-hmm. let me ask you. Let me ask you something. Do you think it's, and I could be wrong, uh, but I say let's, let's just do a little brainstorming here. Do you think it's the years and years of not getting quality sleep that is throwing oh. off your neurotransmitters <laughs> since hormones and cortisol also affect your dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine, and epinephrine. It could possibly be a link. It could also be now when you were younger doing this, they, you didn't have as much stimuli, but now there's even more. And something's got to give. I don't know. Yeah. Call me crazy. No, that, <laughs> that, that, that does make sense. Although I do get really good sleep for those four hours. I'm not like a like. But I see what you're saying Thank there. Thank God. And, I mean, I it's just, something yeah. that could be, I mean, I had a sleep study done, and I, I was good. Like, I, I mean, I don't have the, I don't have the apneas or anything. Oh. I got quality REM sleep. But. I, I mean, there's probably something to that, but I just feel like the constant simulation is just making everything harder to like, you know, I think everyone from my generation, even if they didn't have ADD now does have a form of ADD just because of the world we live in now. And uh, I really do. I, I mean, I can't, I don't know how you can not in, in these days, but yeah, no, it's probably something to all of that. And I'll tell you why, Mike. I do testing on this, right? So we test people's neurotransmitters, and we test their excitotoxins. And when, and I will say this, and again, I've been doing the same test, using these tests, which I find absolutely amazing for over 20-something years, right? There's patterns, and this is what I see. If there is a cortisol imbalance, there is an adrenal dysfunction. And the adrenal stage is a stage one, stage two, stage three. So that then is correlated to either very low dopamine or serotonin. And then we could have elevated excitotoxins. So now this would be typical of someone who now has, you know, attention issues. Um, But it also is typical of someone who has sleep pattern issues. So I would recommend, and it may not be, but I do see this pattern amongst certain um, individuals. So it may be worth it for you 
to check not only your cortisol, but check your neurotransmitters. And that you check from a first morning urine test. But you, you might want to find that out. Like I think that when you go to conventional doctors and they do blood work, and they check your CBC, which is your complete blood count. Yes, that's beneficial to check if you have cholesterol or diabetes or, you know, again, red and white blood cells. Okay, great. But that test does not tell us how your body is functioning, how your adrenal system is, how is your neurotransmitters. That gives us insight into your neurons. That gives us insight into cognition. It doesn't show us if or give us any clue if you have detoxification issues. It really, the blood test only gives us like, you know, if something's elevated, oh, God, we've got to deal with this. But how is the person functioning across all systems? And I think that's what's lacking, at least here in America, um, in the healthcare, because no one has a clue why they do certain things and how their body responds and why. <laughs> uh, that, that's a great point. And, and, you know, that's why you're so good with the, at what, you know, the service you provide too. And, and I want to send people over to you guys too. You know, last time I went to the doctor, I, it felt like checking out at Walmart. It felt so transactional. <laughs> There's not a lot of people that will give you your, you know, their, your honest time and energy towards something and having someone like you who knows what they're talking about and so good at what you do i can't recommend people uh, enough for people to go over and check out your your stuff and your social media and your your website because it's hard to find somebody who knows what they're talking about and is willing to give you the time of day now so uh just everyone if you get a chance go over to nancyorty.com it's it's such an, uh, a great resource and we're, we're lucky to have you come checking in with us um this this many times and and it's always an honor to have Stacy back, um, one of my favorite people in the world truly. And uh, uh-huh. I, I can't believe we're almost out of time uh, right now. But before we head, Stacy, do you have anything else you want to uh, to get in there before we uh, we wrap off? Um, well, I you know like you said, check out Nancy's website. She has a lot of great info. She's all over social media, Facebook, Instagram. She has a great book. Um, which is a page a day for each day of the year, uh, healthy living every day, nice manageable little um, shot in the arm there every morning. uh, Health tips, whether it's physical, mental, emotional. And I'm on on stacymorris.com. I have, uh, I'm on a sub stack now where I write these soul-bearing essays about my emotional journey. I think if you Google Recovering American and Substack, you'll find me. And, um, yeah, just check it out. It's, uh, I love sharing what, what I've uh, learned along the way, along life's bumpy road, but it doesn't always have to be bumpy. <laughs> oh, I, I love that. And uh, I, I can't recommend your Clean Comfort series, uh, Cookbooks, Enough, and I, I think I saw that it was uh, you and Chef Bill's anniversary recently. So, so congratulations to you guys. I love you guys, and uh, yes, it's a pleasure to you. have every one of you guys in my life. So, well, same here. I can't believe <laughs> we're almost out of time here, and uh, I appreciate you guys coming back again. I apologize for the snafu a couple of weeks ago, right before New Year's. Blog Talk Radio decided to shut down for two weeks or something. It was crazy. 
But um, <laughs> thank you guys for coming out again. It was always a pleasure. And uh, we usually uh, like to wrap things up with uh, our one and only Crystal Stewart usually reads us a quote. And uh, then we'll, uh, we'll head on out. Sure. So this week's quote is from Rachel Hollis. And the quote is, don't make yourself small so others will feel more comfortable. Uh, I like it. Powerful. I like it. Well, thank you guys so much. We appreciate it. Thank you, thank Crystal. You. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Stacy. We'll have a great thank week, you. and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. And uh, we're out. Thank you guys so much. See ya. Checked it today, man. That was a great workout, man. The power bomb set up by Page. Oh, oh, diamond Cutter. I don't believe it. Diamond oh. Cutter out of the power bomb. We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work, and most importantly, own your life. This has been a presentation of DDP Yoga and Blog Talk Radio.